Welcome to the home of the blessed people, and here is our host pastor, Pastor Dayo Ademo. Fully persuaded. Come on, say one more time, to be fully persuaded. So if you want to give a subtitle to this message, it will be called Fully Persuaded Believer. The Fully Persuaded Believer. We are the fully persuaded. The ones who believe that God is who he says he is and that the ones who believe that Jesus is the one who he says he is. He's the one who he says he is. God is who he says he is. Those are what the fully persuaded believers believe. Come on, say it loud. I'm a fully persuaded believer. Oh, say it like you mean it. I am a fully persuaded believer. We are fully persuaded. Praise God. Now, turn your Bibles with me to the book of Romans chapter 4 and verses 19 to 21. As we look at this principle from the very father of our faith the father of the family of God, our father Abraham. He, he launched out, he set the pace of our lifestyle. The lifestyle of believers are, is to be fully persuaded. Let me hear it one more time. I am a fully persuaded believer. What does that mean? We are the ones that believe God is who he says he is and Jesus is who he says he is. We are fully persuaded. Now, but how do we get to that place and how do we turn it into a lifestyle? That is my assignment here this morning. To be in that place, spiritually speaking, at all times, that you are fully persuaded. That if heaven looks at you at any point in time, you are fully persuaded. You are a believer that lives his life by full convictions. Praise God. Verse 19, Romans 4, 19 says, And being not weak in faith, he considered not his own body, now dead. And when he was about a hundred years old, neither yet the deadness of Sarah's womb. Verse 20, he staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief. So how do people stagger? How do you know when people are staggering? How do you know when they are staggering? According to that scripture, unbelief. Spiritually speaking, when unbelief exists in your spirit or unbelief exists in your life, you are staggering and the devil looks. Because the devil is also a spirit, so he can easily recognize when your faith is not in place. You say, oh, I got this one. I got this one. He will never get you in Jesus' name. He staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strong in faith, giving glory to God. Now verse 21, verse 21. And being fully persuaded that what he had promised... And being fully persuaded that what he had promised, he was able also to 
perform. Abraham was fully persuaded that God prom what God promised, he was also able to perform. Many know and agree that God is able. There is hardly anybody you ask on the surface of the earth. People who have weak faith, no faith, little faith, strong faith, they will all agree that God is able because he's the almighty God. Everybody believes that God is able. Everybody knows that God is able. But this is what separates the boys from the men. Not everybody believes that God is willing. They agree that God is able. But will God do it for me right now? Not everybody's in agreement. And this is the only thing that can assure you that God is willing when you have been fully persuaded. I pray for you this morning that the spiritual place God wants you to be, to be fully persuaded, you will not only get there, you will live there for the rest of your days. We are the fully persuaded. Come on, say it one more time. I am the fully persuaded. Like I said, many know and agree that God is able, but many don't just know if he is willing. That is the error in being fully persuaded. When there's no way you can be fully persuaded if you don't believe he's willing. If you don't know he's willing, then you are not fully persuaded. Full persuasion involves that first, God is able. Secondly, he is willing. He is willing. Everybody say it. He is willing. Oh, say it one more time. He is willing. But many people are not fully convinced that God is willing to do it for them. They even blame it on timing. They say, oh, maybe it's not their time. Who told you? If you don't know he's willing, then you can never be fully persuaded. That is what Jesus came to establish for you and I, especially the whole human race, that God is not only willing, God is not only able, that God is willing to do it for you. A man once approached Jesus, he said, uh, Lord, if you are willing, do this for me. Jesus quickly corrected the guy's doctrine. It's not that if I'm willing. He said, I will. That's my position. I will always do it. He explained it over and over again how the kingdom of God works. That look, you who know how to do evil, will your own children ask you for good things and you give them evil things? When your child asks you for something that is needed, he gives it. Praise God. I said, praise God. Amen. He is able and willing. Jesus is saying, I'm good on my promise. Once I say it, I watch over my words to perform it. I don't say it for saying sake. The mere fact that I said it, I am more than willing to get it done. Look at verse 19 quickly. The Bible says he was not weak in faith. This is the journey of getting to being fully persuaded. 
The first thing is not to stand on weak faith. What is weak faith or what weakens your faith? The Bible says he wasn't weak in faith. There is no greater trap. There is no greater energy drain, so to speak, than to start considering natural elements around you. When you keep on considering natural elements, you have set your faith. You are in the natural. You can't solve a spiritual problem from the natural. Hello? You have to be spiritual. That is how you get things done. Are you listening to me, ladies and gentlemen? You live your life from the spiritual dimension. When your faith or when your eyes are still focused on the natural, you have not made that switch yet. You are not in the realm or in the journey of getting to being fully persuaded. Praise God. Amen? Now, what I'm sharing with you today is the real crux of Christianity. That is why it's starting with our father Abraham. That look at why he was chosen, look at why he was ordained, look at why he was separated as a father of a Christian family. He lived a life of faith. And his faith was not a weak one. Because many want to live in faith, but they are living in weak faith and pushing the responsibility of, on God to do it for them. Heaven responds to faith, but I tell you, your level of faith will determine what level heaven will respond to. Weak faith is no good faith. Weak faith disappoints God. Hebrews 11.6 says, without faith, it is impossible to do what? To please God. God ain't happy when your faith is not in place. So Christianity is a life of faith. He says the just shall live by faith. That's the way we live in the Christendom. So your faith has to be in place. Your faith has to move from even being strong to being fully persuaded. So what do we do? We work on our faith. Everybody say work. Now look at what Abraham did. This is natural. This is what goes on in life. This is real life lesson here. A man is 100 years old. If you go to labs, clinics, they weren't then in those days. Even able, agile, young men now are being diagnosed for low sperm count. Now, this man was 100 years old. He should not be able to produce at that age. The Bible says, naturally speaking, there were things that should tell this man if he was in his right senses, he shouldn't be thinking of having a baby at 99. Now, God deliberately delayed his life that long to have his baby so that you, how old are you? Are you 99 yet? Are you listening to what I'm saying? And doctors are telling you it's not possible. Say so. Who told you? A doctor? How old is he? He's got 35 years experience. And so what? Our own doctor is the ancient of days. Date of birth, not applicable. 
Are you listening to what I'm saying? God has been doing it a long time ago. Praise God. Abraham had delayed so that there is nothing like impossible again. And look at what Abraham did. The Bible says he did not consider the deadness of Sarah's womb. That womb probably could not even produce anymore. I found this said, it's not menopause, but millenopause. It's almost a century old. That could not produce any baby, cannot keep any baby. Praise God. Let's look at it again. Romans 4.19. Show the people of God. He wasn't weak in faith. How was he not weak in faith? And being not weak in faith, he considered not. Look at those things. He should be considering them. He should be considering them. Like, look, if you're in your right senses, Abraham, this is not possible. It is not possible. Look, biologically speaking, you can't have this baby. There's no way it can ever happen. There's a time span for the womb to be lively. Your wife's womb is about 30 years late. And you yourself, what produces a baby? You don't have it. Before those spermatozoa run five centimeters, they are weak, tired, they are dead. They cannot heat the egg. So there's no way it can happen. You see, but Abraham was not in the natural. He switched to the supernatural. Are you listening to me? And how did he first do the switch? He did not consider. Everybody say, don't consider. Natural elements. Don't consider it. And that's where we first make the mistake. We look at the natural and we give up. We give all the excuses in the world. It might be a sickness and a diagnosis from the doctor. The doctor has so much experience, and you know them. I have a few of them, few of them as very personal friends. When they adjust their glasses and say, <clears throat> say I've been doing this thing for over 35 years. You see, there are about 2% of the world population that have this ailment. Unfortunately, you belong to that 2%. And there is nothing we can do about it. And you look at the natural. Then you want to report the same thing to your friend. You, say, you tell your friend, my doctor is the leading He's the leading researcher on this thing. He's got X number of years experience. He said it's not possible. And that's where your focus will be on. It's not possible. Oh, the experts of the experts have seen it. It's not possible. And so on and so forth. I remember a friend of mine who waited about seven years before they had their first baby and they were pre pregnant and then the doctor came up with, uh, he said, he was just telling them that they will have to evacuate the baby, the baby will make it. And of course my friend first pushed back, 
what are you saying? The doctor told him, he said, are you, can you read and write? He said, yeah, I'm a pharmacist myself. He now drew a chart for him, told him what the problem was and why it can never happen. And my friend said, thank you very much. That is where your own knowledge gets to. I don't mean to be rude, you're a professional, but that's the limit of your knowledge. But I know somebody who knows. You see this curve that you drew, he will flatten it out. That's all. Today, the boy is in university now. Praise God. And that's the boy they wanted to evacuate. Are you listening to me? Strong faith. Everybody says strong faith. Now, you can't just go and tell a doctor anything like that. If you don't know the one you are referring to. Do you understand? You have to be strong in faith and move your faith to being fully persuaded. Now, let's go back to see what he did once again. Number one. He did not consider the natural elements. Did not consider what the circumstances and situation was saying. He believed God for the breakthrough. Amen. You might be there. That job, they said, there's no way in the world you can ever get it. You have to be a graduate of Waterloo. They can tell you that uh, that breakthrough, it is not possible. There is no way. Even if God opens the windows of heaven. We had somebody say that before. Are you listening to me? There are many of you here, you got a word from God. You got a prophetic word from God. You even have a witness in your spirit that God will come through for you. But you started considering the natural things. You started focusing on the natural. When you come to a church service like this, oh, you are charged up, you are boxed up. Yes, God can do it. But immediately you get to the parking lot, you kick your car and you are going home. You say, really? Then doubt starts coming in again. Doubt starts coming in again. Doubt starts coming in again. You begin to start considering the data, the info. The doctor just told you that, oh, this thing is hereditary. Did, does your mother or your father, is there blood pressure in the family? And you say, mm, yes, your mother has blood pressure. Mm. You see, they will relax <laughs> as if they solved the problem for you. Praise God. Say, any other member of the family that has, oh, my elder sister too has blood pressure. It was just diagnosed. They will smile again. Mm. As, if, as if that's the solution, you know. It's in the family lineage. Then you two will go around with the facts. It's not the doctor's fault. It's the family I come from. It's in our family. You even accept it. Spirit, soul, and body. It's in our family. Praise God. Considering the natural. Are you a Christian who still focuses on natural things? The data, the information from your family lineage. Praise God. And you are the first around her to say, oh, this runs in our family. As if you are, from, you are the cousin of Hussein Bolt, who runs and makes 100 meters world record. It runs in our family. When you start thinking in the natural, you can't get to the realm of being fully persuaded, ladies and gentlemen. 
Think supernatural. Think spiritual. He had refused to consider the things that are natural, but considered the promise of God. Considered the promise of God. Took the promise of God and considered it. He focused on the promise of God like a laser beam. And said, this is the promise of God. Focus on the promise that he who has promised is faithful to perform. He's faithful to bring it to pass. Instead of him considering how many people in the family that has it or whatever, he focused on the promise of God. Look at what fully persuaded people do and write it down. This is the first thing. Here you are, fully persuaded. The natural is not my focus. The promise is my focus. And I'm going to stand on this promise because he makes good his promise. I'm going to stay here until it comes to pass. This is the hope I have, the promise. And he will bring it to pass. That is exactly what your father Abraham did. The natural was there. It's an option. He said, no, this one ain't going to lead me anywhere. I ain't going for that. I'm going for the promise. And the Bible says he judged him faithful. That he that gave his promise will make good his promise. He will bring it to pass. So that's the first thing fully persuaded people do. They don't go for the natural. They go for the supernatural. The promise is just words, but do, do those words mean anything? Is it strong enough to deliver? Who is the person giving the word? I choose him. Do you understand? I've made a choice. Oh, the symptoms are there. The pain is there. I've made a choice. Faithful is he that has promised. Oh, the situation is getting worse. Sorry, I've made my choice. I hope you're going to make your choice this week. You're going to make a good choice for the rest of your days to choose the promise. He did not waver at the promise. Now, when he got to the promise, he did not waver. Some people have made this decision that they ain't going there. They are coming to the promise. Praise God. They get to the promise. Oh, nothing has changed. Oh, things are getting worse. Uh, today they are up, tomorrow they are down. Today they are up, the promise is real. We'll shout, we'll sing around church, we'll halal and do all the stuff. But when they get to the corner of their home, they say, oh no, what is going on? What's happening? Wavering, everybody say wavering. That's the second thing he didn't do. He didn't, when he was at the promise, he didn't waver. He did not waver at the promise. He did not waver at the promise. He did not waver at the promise. Can we see that in Romans 4? Romans 4, verse, verse 20. He did not waver at the promise. He staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief. He did not waver. To waver means to stagger. That's that's King James. If you put New King James, I think that's the one that says he didn't waver 
of the promise. Praise God. Okay, if you find it. Praise God. Praise God. Now, the art, what, is, what does it mean to waver? It's the art of moving back and forth and back and forth and back and forth. There's even a song like that, back and forth. Um, when I was a young adult, I don't know whether that music is still there. Back and forth and back. Praise God. Amen. Now, the wave of the sea is just like that. It's like a pendulum. Back and forth and back and forth. Today you are up, tomorrow you are down. Today you are up. Do you know some Christians, that's their life. Back and forth. Stop that wavering. Stop it. Let God be true and let every other thing be a liar. The art of moving back and forth is not your portion. Praise God. What does it mean to waver? It means to pause or hold back. Don't put your life on a pause. Don't hold back. Praise the Lord. It's like rising and falling. You know how waves go? Ooh. Ooh. I know you don't like water, but I've been on water. Praise God. It goes, oh, oh. Today you're high, tomorrow you're low. Wavering is not of God. The Bible says anyone that wavers will not receive anything from God. This is where I'm stopping now. Okay? Back and forth. Back. Stop it in your life. You can't be saying, yes, Lord, today. Tomorrow, no, Lord. Next tomorrow, I don't know. James 1.5, and I'll bring it to a close now. Have you been blessed this morning? James 1.5, let's quickly see. And the bookshop has recommended a study book, a study material uh, that you can go on because in the preview of 30 minutes, you can't get it all here. Uh, uh, about uh, what's that? What's that message again? Again? You gotta say it louder. Uh -huh, becoming fully persuaded. Those those are. I mean, I, I must say, for me, I, I learned this some years ago, maybe over two decades now. But listen to me. I myself, I'm going to get a copy. Because I need to refresh myself on this. Amen? Oh, you think because I preach it, I have the total authority? No. Praise God. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. I want to recommend it for you. Go get it. Get your library stocked up. This is how you develop yourself as a Christian. You build strong faith. Amen? Now, are we there? James 1, 5 to 8. Okay. If any... One of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God. Who gives to all men, how? Liberally. He gives liberally without reproach. And it will be given unto him. Yes, let's go on. But let him ask in faith with no doubting. I did not say New King James now. Give me my King James. Because I asked you to change the other one. That means that. Oh, King, New King James is what you use. Okay, because some people are advocating for a new king. But let him ask in faith, not wavering. Did you see that word now? 
not wavering. For he that wavereth is like a man of the sea, driven with the wind and tossed. It's just like you've been to the sea. In fact, sometimes the boat ride is no more sweet, especially if it's a, a small boat. Praise God. Let's go on seven. For let not that man think he shall receive, he shall receive what? Anything of the Lord. So you can now be here. This is the word. You've chosen the word, but you are wavering at the word. Wavering at the word. The Bible says, will you receive anything? No. Even though you chose the word, but you are wavering. You're wavering. You can't receive anything from God. So some believers, see where we started the journey. You had to first choose. Natural, supernatural. Natural, supernatural. You consider not the natural. Say, I choose God. God has his own. You get here. But now getting here, you are still wavering. Is he God? Is he not God? Can I depend on him? Then you hear news of another Christian who believed God but died. Then you say, oh, what is going on? Look at the answer. A double-minded person will not receive what? Will not receive anything. I'm in verse 7, please. You're jumping ahead of me. For let no man think that he shall receive anything of the Lord. If you are unstable, if you are wavering, you can't receive anything from God. A double-minded person will not. Verse 8 now, verse 8. A double-minded man is what? Unstable in all his ways. I'm praying for you. You will learn how to fix your mind like a laser beam. That's what I'll be taking in the second service. How to fix your mind. That no matter the situation, you will not stagger. You will not waver at the promise of God. Listen to me. Your father Abraham, we are breaking down what he did. Why it was counted to him as righteousness. Because he did not stagger at the promise. You are the feet of the promise. It's not for staggering. It's for doing something else. The Lord bless you. I hope you have been blessed in this service. If you can't wait, I would encourage you because I'm completing this series in the next service. Uh, before we talk of victory again, it might be next year. So make sure you go on Spotify or you can order from the uh, tape ministry or you can just find, you can look online also for the second service and see how to stop wavering and stand and continue to live in the realm of being fully persuaded. Have you been blessed today? Rise on your feet like a champion. Glory be to God. Thank you, Jesus. Glory be to God. Thank you for listening. We hope you have been blessed by the word today. Please join our services live every Sunday, 9 a.m. and 1045 a.m. and Bible study every Friday, 7 p.m. at 95 Church Street, St. Catharines. We hope you have a wonderful week ahead. And God bless you.